Welcome back. Final hour, but oh my God, do we got a lot to unpack. A lot to unpack. Going to talk some uh, Packers football coming up bottom of the hour as uh, Mike Clements is going to join us, and we'll talk with him from Green Bay and uh, kind of get his thoughts and injury updates and all that kind of stuff uh, from what he uh, found out yesterday uh, regarding um, regarding the, uh, the the Packers and their injuries and such. That being said, uh, we also have to take a look at uh, this Bucks team. This Bucks team is just trending in the wrong direction right now. To do more about that, Jim Ozarski, uh, the Journal Sentinel, uh, hanging out with us. And uh, you know, Jim, uh, man, they they get they get booed off the court. Uh, Giannis does the speech of everybody's got to be better, and twice within that little grouping of who needs to get better, he talks about coaching. Uh, if this thing continues to go bad, could we actually be talking? I know there's some rumors now that are floating around that could this actually cost Adrian? Could, do they make a change at head coach before the season even culminates? Did they make a mistake? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I don't think I don't think that's a thing that that could or could happen to me. But I mean, I guess anything's possible. So we'll we'll, we'll do that. <laughs> but look, if you're trying to win a championship and that was that was you know what this roster was built for um sort of reacting to a a stretch of the season which has not been good admittedly they have not played very well since december 23rd um three and five since then um kind of echoes of the five and four start with some really bad defense and kind of sticky uh, ISO offense, um, not a great thing when you think, oh, maybe that's a, a little bit of a backslide. Um, but in, in terms of changing a head coach, Bill, I mean, it's just not a – that's not what championship teams do, quite frankly. <laughs> I mean, right. you don't – look, it, if the issues are, okay, not quite sure what they're doing defensively, what's the schemes, are there offensive questions, okay, well – tell me the solution you fire a head coach okay well the only one who's done the job on the bench is the guy they just hired from australia (laughs) trevor gleason who literally joined the team on christmas day or the day after christmas um or joe prunty who finished out jason kidd's tenure they went to the first round of the playoffs many years ago Mm -hmm. um where there's no sort of hire from the outside, Bill. Like, that doesn't – I mean, what are we talking about? Like, that doesn't happen. Right. <laughs> you know? No, I, so, I get it. Yeah. So, I, I, look, they're not playing well. They're frustrated. But this team lost six in a row at one point last year. They, they – Bill, you remember, in, in – they start 9-0 and last season. And then from the end of November through January, they were 500. And Giannis had to come down and do the don't panic speech, right? So, look, we'll see how it plays out. But in terms of making moves of head coaches, I just I, – I, it's not the, – the, the coaching staff isn't built that way. And I think it, it'd be counterproductive if, if the issues are identity and trying to figure out what you're doing. I don't know how – like totally flipping all that upside down is – yeah, that, that would seem like such a, a drastic, drastic move. And honestly, Bill, this organization doesn't really do that in season. No, I, I get it. I just there's there's a lot of people that are saying, will Griffin even survive the season if this thing goes horribly wrong? Now, let's get back to what is wrong. And Jim, I said it is 
playing defense and hustle is a will, is a want to. I watch this team play where I see a shot go up. You got four guys trailing back down the other end of the court. No effort to do anything. I mean nothing. Whether it's age, whether it's slow, whatever. It's like they just expected the ball to roll out and they should win a bunch of games. And that's a tough mentality to get past. I mean, I don't know how you get over that hump to where you got to get guys to play together because Giannis can bitch, moan, scream, and yell all he wants, but if guys aren't going to do it, they're not going to do it. So what's it going to take to correct the problems that this team has right now? Yeah, and, and I think it is a individual issue. Now, look, we can maybe – the coach is always the easiest person to point to, right? And, and maybe we can say, well – one of Adrian Griffin's strong suits when he was hired was this connection to players and able to build relationships. And, you know, are these guys going to play hard? And look, they don't give up. Like, they're down 33 last night at halftime. It's flat-out embarrassing. They get to within eight and, and run out of gas, right? Like, they're down 20 in Boston, Bill, and they have a chance to win the game late. So they don't quit. You don't see, like, quitting on a coach, right? But now, to your point, it is effort. And it is paying attention and, and caring about those little possessions. And, yeah, I, I mean, th- there's a talent deficiency in some areas, Bill. Like we talked about this, when you, when you trade Drew Holiday and Grayson Allen and you don't re-sign Javon Carter and Wesley Matthews, you're going to be worse defensively. So what do you have to do? You have to try hard all the time. And let's be honest, Bill, it's pro sports. That's, that's impossible. Like, it, it – I know fans get mad at that. Like, yes, guys are going to take plays off and rest on one end of the court, <laughs> right? right? Like, guys are, are going to kind of lose focus and, and lose that, I guess, space, if you will, uh, mentally at times. And you're right, Bill. The, the, the problem is for the Bucks is that in this current stretch, because let's be honest, it's just been this last week and a half, um, it seems like guys are floating too much or they're they're – to your point, kind of rolling the ball out. Like, Bill, tell me, I, I don't know why they gave up 65 in the first half in Houston and then 26 points in the third quarter. Why they give up 77 the first half against Utah and only allow 23 in the third quarter. Like, clearly it's there. Right. Right? So, what, like, why? <laughs> where's that level? And they still haven't found that yet. And, you know, there's still 40-plus games to go. But in moments like this, these try-hard teams, these young teams, Indiana, Utah, Houston, who are, like, trying really hard, Bill, right? Like, they're going to catch this Bucks team. And, you know, they're not deep enough to, to really, you know, battle that. Like, if their top guys aren't in it and scoring and, and playing well, they're, they're at a deficit there. I, uh, I, and I agree with you, Jim. Look, I, I'm, I, I think the real world uh, of NBA and professional sports versus what the fans want to see and remember from the days that they got their ass chewed out by a little league coach or whatever, it, those are two drastically different things. I, what, what I see is a team that it, it's, it's kind of lost its way. Uh, I don't know if Giannis is – my assumption is, is his voice carries a big stick in there, but this is a guy that's spoken up before and things haven't changed. And I said last year when everybody kept saying, no, don't worry about it, I kept saying, I watch this team. 
they'll get off to this big lead. They'll feel good about themselves, and then they they frittered away in the third quarter. They fight like hell to come back in the fourth quarter, and they were beating bad teams. But you can't do that in the postseason because the good teams will knock you out. I'm seeing the exact same thing. It's like wash, rinse, repeat. We're seeing them play poorly and down to the level of bad teams, and the good teams can end up beating them. So is a trade in the works, do you think? Do you think they need another addition? Because they got, let's face it, they're carrying some guys in this roster they just have no business carrying that aren't that good of players to begin with. They're just there because we all know who wants them there. So do they need to make some roster moves or what? So, yeah, Bill, I mean, there's definitely, I, I think there's an inherent, you know, look at our, look at the top half of our team and, and body for body, Bill, the, the Bucks, you, uh, who, who matches up with that? Is Boston, um, Phoenix, right. you know, I mean, not even the defending champion Nuggets have what the Bucks have. And, and there is, and look, it's, it's, I think there is an element of we're better and yet, you know, they got, maybe they get caught in these moments of, well, we, maybe we don't have to grab this defensive rebound or we have to get back a transition. And suddenly you miss two shots and you're down eight or you're down <laughs> 10. And, and again, I don't know. I don't think a coach can make you rebound, right? I don't think a coach can make you, you know, again, Damian Lillard has passed up shots. You know, he's trying to play in the offense. He's trying to be a good teammate and, and adjust. But I'm sure they say, Damien, shoot that, <laughs> right? Like, right. and then, but if he doesn't, what, what? So, so there's that to your first part, Bill. Now, uh, about a trade, I'll have something up, you know, in the next few days here at jsonline.com. We're a month out of the trade deadline. I will never put anything past John Horst, but it's going to be difficult. Uh, there's really only two guys you can move salary wise that's Bobby Portis and Pat. Connaughton and for their struggles in these last couple weeks, Bill, if you're going to move a guy like that, now you are removing your sixth or seventh man. In Portis's case, you're back up to Giannis, who knock on wood has been healthy to this point, but we know his recent history. Um, and you're maybe putting in a filler. I mean, campaigns, your only other point guard behind Lillard. Um, Jay Crowder's just coming back from surgery. I, and if he shows you anything in this next month, Bill, you're you're probably going to want to keep him, right? So right. that's the balance here, Bill. Of of the roster is very top heavy, and you've got some minimum deals in there: Crowder, Payne, Beasley. Um, I'm not even going to get to the bottom of the roster, Bill, because that's like Robin Lopez, Thanasis, Chris Livingston. Like that's I don't know what that <laughs> helps you right. get. So. It'll be tough. It'll be tough. But I, I will I will say I think they're gonna be on the lookout for a guy who can affect the defensive mentality. Um is that a guy who plays twenty minutes, ten minutes, eight I don't know. But you know, someone who I know people bring up like the PJ Tucker type of thing. I think they're searching for that voice who just look, Jay Jay can play good defense, Bill, but I don't know if Jay is the if Jay has um, that kind of, yeah, the, the voice, so to speak. I mean, Bobby is the, the, the flex, right? But he's not that guy defensively. So I think they'll be on the lookout. But how and who, uh, I, I haven't quite <laughs> figured that part out yet. 
the uh, the, the the Jay Crowder injury. Uh, I mean, I really wanted to see Jay Crowder flourish with this team because last year I don't think he was used properly, and I think he found his way into the back end of the doghouse for whatever reason. And I was just so hoping he would come out and set the world on fire and go back to what he was before they got him. Uh, does he then cast a little bit of light on the horizon for his return? I, I think so. Uh, and look, today's his first five on five with the Wisconsin herd. He said he told us, Bill, he's got two more scheduled. Um, and if he feels good, you know, he, he might be getting worked in next week. Um, but I think so. Look, he only played nine games, but he was shooting 50% from three. The bench desperately needs someone to make some shots. Mm-hmm. And yes, he knows he's coming here to play defense. He looks good, Bill. Like, look, he had nine months off before they traded for him. He, he looks good. Now, we'll, and then he, he told us he had this torn adductor at the start of camp and was playing through it. Um, I, I'm guessing if you don't have a torn muscle on your leg, you're going to be able to move a little better. And maybe he'll look a little quicker, Bill, than, than we, the guy we've seen even these last two years. So just on a surface level, Bill, yeah, his, his imminent return here is going to help this team both offensively and, of course, and maybe answer some of these defensive questions. Uh, then it always circles back to Giannis and obviously had some things to say about everybody getting better, pointed the finger at himself also. Uh, you know, Jim, I, I've said it all along. A coach that comes in and looks at Giannis and says, your game is inside and distributing the basketball and Euro stepping it to the hoop. If you shoot another three-point shot, we're going to sit you down for at least five weeks. Uh, he's terrible beyond the arc. At what point does a coach step up and go, Giannis, you're, distribute the basketball, be an inside guy, make your living there, but stop shooting threes. You're terrible. <laughs> I, well, I, first of all, Bill, I, I, that's just, I mean, the reality of it is that's not really going to happen. Um, he's an MVP, <laughs> and it's, it's just there is an element of if you're all alone out there, you, you sometimes that becomes the best shot. Um, just because it's, you know, depending on the clock and time and space, et cetera. Yeah. Now, to, to your, your point, though, um, he is, because of Lillard's addition, Bill, he's only shooting, I'm looking at it right now, 1.83 per game. It is his fewest since the 17-18 yeah. season, back when the J-Kid mandate of don't shoot threes. So he actually has really cut that down. And part of that is because even though the, the, the Giannis Lillard pick and roll, people focus on that, but Dame's added spacing has created, you know, more room for Giannis to go to the rim. Um, and, and he's really pounding that to, to a level we haven't seen in a long time. So I, I get what you're saying. And, and especially in games where there's blowouts or maybe it's not, uh, it's an ill-timed <laughs> shot. Yeah. It's, it's not happening as often as it did under Bud. And I think that's not really a function of the coach per se, but I think it's Giannis realizing, wait a minute, Malik Beasley's shooting 48% from three over to my left. And that's Damian Lillard over to my right. And then Brooke Lopez, <laughs> like, I think, I think he, he has cut it down. It's just occasionally it pops up and, and invariably it's, it's, you know, it makes you wince. But look, in San Antonio, Bill, when they were down, he hit those two huge threes to tie the game and uh, and, and help them lead to, to that win. Yeah, well, maybe you're proving me wrong. So at least I feel better about Giannis <laughs> taking shots on the outside. 
Jim, always great to talk to you, pal. I appreciate it. You're a wealth of information, and hopefully we're talking about better things on the horizon for the Bucks. I appreciate it, okay? Yeah, big week this week, Bill. Talk to you soon. Yep, no doubt, no doubt. Good stuff. You got Boston coming down. Uh, appreciate it, Jim. Uh, you got Boston coming into the uh, Fiserv Forum coming up on Thursday night, and this is kind of your matchup. We, we, this is your litmus test. Where are you at? Where you're at if you're the Milwaukee Bucks? Where are you at? Because you have not played good basketball. Where are you at? Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. You can hit us up. Uh, Mike Vrabel fired today as the head coach of the Tennessee Titans. Uh, word came down that uh, the knee injury of T.J. Watt is a grade two, not a grade three sprain of the MCL. So he is not going to participate this week. It's going to take at least a couple of weeks. So they've got to hope that a lot goes right for the Pittsburgh Steelers to continue to advance before he would come back maybe for an AFC championship game. Uh, so that's also going on. You've got other coaches that have already been fired going back to yesterday, so a lot swirling around the, uh, around the NFL. Uh, good stuff there, though. 877-867-1670. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Bill Michael, a little weird. Every now and then we can get some computer perfunctory. <laughs> and it just gets a little wonky on us, and that's okay. Uh, welcome back to the program, the Bill Michael Show. Uh, enjoying the uh, snowfall outside. It's like looking at a snow globe, uh, but knowing I have to go out in it a little bit later on. Not uh, looking forward to that. But that being said, joining us now on the hotline, our guy, Mike Clemens, standing by. Um, you know, Mike, uh, a lot of talk yesterday. Obviously, you got love uh, to Jaden Reed, which is what we were listening to there, and uh, everybody's jumping on the love train, no doubt about it. Uh, but now it's all for real because now you get a sense as to what the intensity is going to be, the ratcheted-up intensity, taking it down to Dallas, down, going down to see Mike Mike McCarthy. Not that many of these guys on this team were there when Mike McCarthy was here, but you know, knowing what's at stake, Mike McCarthy certainly got a ton of pressure on him after Jerry Jones said, let's take it a game at a time before securing Mike's job. There's a lot going on, a lot riding on this thing. Yeah, I got to look at the roster. How many McCarthy guys are left? Elton Jenkins is the first one that comes to mind. Jordan Love, no? Nah. Yeah. No, he wasn't here. No, yeah. Jordan. No, it was, that was LaFleur. I mean, yeah. you know, time passes quickly. Time passes quickly. Um, or maybe I think Alan actually was was Lafleur's first year too. Is came in as a rookie in yeah. that game down in Chicago. Yeah, uh, yeah. I had some clips here I wanted to play. Are we going to be able to play them? Do we know? Hope so. I, I hope so. We'll I see. think we'll so, see Mike. Go. I think hopefully that okay. first one was just a little buggy. I think we're good. Well, yeah. Well, we're. Tr- I don't know what the folks were able to hear, but it was this. You know, this fifty-nine yard pass from Jordan Love to Jaden Reed, and. Uh, I just thought that was just such a great-looking play. And to me, it looked like it was just a little, you know, Reed is, wide, is lined up wide left and in kind of a bunch formation. And Jordan Love gets the ball over there to him, and he makes a couple steps, and he turns right, and he cuts through the Bears' secondary at, at a 45-degree angle. And, you know, the good runners do that. Sean Alexander was a great running back for the Seattle Seahawks. He's so smart in the way he took his angles. Not necessarily the fastest guy, but a smart runner that way. 
And so actually, it turns out that this play was a little bit of an audible on the part of of uh, Jordan Love. He says that the Bears were in a cover two defense. So he's lined up wide left with you know a guy or two around him, and, and he's looking across at a corner and then a safety that's a few yards off the ball. So he's kind of like double teamed. And, and, and usually you're supposed to run like a slant. And somehow he just goes a couple yards downfield, and Jordan Love finds this little hole in that bunch of you know Bears defenders makes a, a, an unbelievable throw, and then he's able to turn that thing to the right and take it up on a 59-yard pass play. This is Jaden Reed, the receiver. Uh, I think it was covered, too, you know. Uh, so it was a cloud on that side. He tried to reroute me, and uh, I hit the uh, – Jordan hit the whole shot, and, you know, I ran down the sideline open. <clears throat> oh, yeah, for sure. When he tried to reroute me, you know, me and Jordan, you know, recognized the coverage, and, you know, that was a great whole shot by Jordan, and, you know, I was able to run after Mike, uh, which it's true. I mean, look, uh, the connection has been certainly good. And Jaden Reed, I'll, I'll tell you this, he has been impressive. Uh, you talk about a rookie campaign. It's, uh, it, it's, it's been really, really impressive. I thought he'd be more of just a, a stabilizing, move-the-sticks slot receiver, but he's found his way all over the field. So I, I've been impressed with what Jaden Reed has done. Well, they got him in the backfield, for crying out loud. Yeah. Right? They kind yep. of, you know, before Aaron Jones was able to come back, they're using him as a as an end sweep, as a, as a jet sweep guy. They're using him everywhere because he's smart. He's super football smart. Um, he works very hard at studying. He's been a leader in getting this receivers group together on Tuesdays to review, okay, what did we miss this time? How can we, you know, do this better? What was the coach trying to tell us? That kind of thing. What are the things that you're? What's Jordan got to say about this? And he and he and he demands a lot of himself. Like you know, every time he catches a ball in in practice, it's got to be a touchdown with him. And and he got caught from behind. Well, it's amazing he's even out there with this. He might be out there playing with turf toe. He got hurt, really hurt bad in the Buccaneers mm-hmm. game. And so he says the punishment for getting caught from behind in the wide receiver room is ten push-ups. I honestly felt slow. Uh, I felt slow on that play. I got caught. So uh, got up the sideline quick. It's all good. I did my little ten push-ups, and you know I'm gonna score next time. So, <laughs> so catching, getting caught from behind is push-ups. Yeah. Getting caught from behind is the push-ups. Which you know what? Those little things inside locker rooms they matter because uh, guys pay attention to the little things. Guys are holding other guys accountable. So I I, I like that. Speaking of that, I, I know Matt Lafleur. When he was talking about you know uh, about audibles and about uh, you know Jordan Love calling plays and plays that he wanted to run versus plays that didn't and one that was called but it didn't work out and he's glad it didn't work out because he audibled out of it. I mean, I was listening to that whole exchange and it, it's it's good to know that Jordan Love has now got a full you know kind of grasp of this offense. Yeah, and don't let that be a red flag to fans listening right now. Like, oh God, you know. This, he's already getting off the you know the little floor playbook. No, no, Jordan Love is making the kinds of adjustments that you want this guy to make within within what you know Lafleur's got for the can as they call it. You know the mm-hmm. the backup play, and so he was asked now, did he audible into what turned out to be the biggest yard gainer against the Bears Sunday night, and and also did did J- Jalen Reed did he actually step out of bounds before he caught the ball? Well. Really, we were supposed to get out of the play versus that look, and I'm glad he didn't. Sometimes it's not always how you design it, and um, but it, it's uh, we're basically got two clear out routes, uh, and Jordan saw a hole in there. There was a hole 
and, and he made a hell of a throw. And Jay Reed, uh, it was pretty close whether or not he was on the line. Um, after looking at it, I, I don't think he was, but uh, I didn't I didn't check out the TV copy or anything like that. So I, you, you guys might know better than me, but just from the coach's copy, I didn't think he, but it was it was pretty close. It was just a heck of a play by those two guys. You know, Mike, uh, the only thing that I can point to really in this game, other than the Andrews Carlson missed field goal where they had an opportunity, was just before half and uh, kind of the mismanagement with 11 seconds to go, trying to get another play in, trying to get something into the end zone, and then when they didn't, they get shoved out of bounds to the point where it really wasn't out of bounds because he didn't have forward progress and they kept the clock moving and thus they run out of time. That was, that to me was kind of a, a mismanaged hiccup. Yeah, that's that's something that's like, okay, you guys have been good. This young team has been good at two-minute offense. But, you know, you blew a possible scoring opportunity there when you're trying to run back up to the ball, and now there isn't even enough time to clock it. You know, so they threw this pass to Dontavian Wicks over there on the sidelines. But this Tyreek Stevenson, this guy, that's number 29. He made a couple of huge plays in this game. He Remember, he's the one that knocked the ball out of – Romeo Dobbs' hands that could have been a touchdown. And then on this one, he's there in coverage of Wicks and keep preventing him from going out of bounds to stop the clock with maybe 11 seconds in the first half. So I asked LaFleur, what happened on that play yesterday? Yeah, that was a heck of a play by Stevenson. You know, he was off further than I even, when I went back and watched it, he was off at like 12 yards. I think there are some things that we got to do from a, just a coaching perspective where we can't, allow our wideouts to tighten down their split that far. So it's like a bang-bang play on the sideline. Um, we were way too tight, um, and that, that's, that's on me. That's my fault because we, we tend to do that with some of our concepts depending on what's called. And so I don't expect a you know, young wideout in that situation to, to think any different. So that 100% is on me. That's a learning experience, not just for Matt LaFleur, but let's be honest, it's a learning experience for Jordan Love. If you don't have the end zone, you got to just toss it out of bounds, live to fight another day, and take the three. Another quarterback might have blamed it down the young receiver. Instead, Jordan Love says, <laughs> you, know, you, you know what? I should have just thrown it out of bounds and settled for a field goal. Right. Here's Jordan. Yeah, on that last play, um, you know, we had double out routes called on both sides, and um, you know, when I got the snap, I, I felt the corner triggering it pretty hard. So I wish I would have just thrown it out of bounds right there um, and just went for the field goal right after that. But, uh, you know, threw it to, to Wicks right there. And uh, the DB made a great play being able to tackle him going backwards. So, um, you know, obviously that's a play I, I, I'll learn from um, and just stack that in memory bank and move forward. But just wish I would have just thrown the ball away right there. Now, Mike, you and I have both wondered out loud why some of these guys have been so wide open. I, I don't see a team that's loaded with this 4-2 speed. I don't see a team that has this incredible leaping ability or this downfield threat that's been so prolific. But yet, week in and week out, we've seen Reed get open, Dobbs get open. Bo Melton has been about as open as open can be. They have not played a lot of press man, and now the Bears are saying, well, they're fake tough and this and that. What is it about these wide receivers like Jaden Reed and Bo Melton these guys are so wide open, man. I I know. It reminds me of that game when the Vikings beat the Packers in the opener and Justin Jefferson was ripping through, you know, Joe Barry's secondary wide open play after play. And so, you know, when we were up in Minnesota, it's like you see Love, he's set, the timing is really good. Now you see, okay, where's the ball going? Oh, oh my God. 
80 is wide open in the in the end zone. Bo Melton with a touchdown. And then you look back at the field and you realize there's two other guys that Love could have thrown to as well. So I, I asked Love, I asked Lafleur about this. He thought this was kind of a weird question, but I said, "Man, you got receivers like Jaden Reed, Bo Melton. You got two or three guys wide open across the field against the Vikings and the Bears in the secondary. What's going on?" I mean, it just depends on the concept and the coverage contour and how the defense responds. But certainly we we try to game plan guys and try to get them open. It doesn't always happen that way. But I think, you know, the, I think the wideouts have done a really nice job, um, you know, just using their speed, coming off the ball. That's one thing that we always really talk to them about and, and drill and coach. And it's just the pad level of how you come off, come off the ball. And those guys are doing a good job with that. Let's do this. We're going to step out. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We've got a lot more to get to. Mike Clemens standing by. This portion of the program, as always, brought to you by our friends at the Bay Motel in Green Bay. The Bay Motel is quiet, cozy, and comfortable. Perfect for that family stay. And the Bay Family Restaurant opens and uh, 365, man. They've got all kinds of great food. They've got home-style cooking seven days a week. It's just a great place to go. Uh, and the Bay Family Restaurant, uh, as I had mentioned, is got that hot chili waiting for you. If you're going to be out there shoveling today, you want to swing by and pick some of that stuff up also on South Military Avenue in Green Bay. Call them today for reservations, 920-494-3441. That's thebaymotelgreenbay.com, thebaymotelgreenbay.com. More with Mike Clem. This is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. touchdown i mean this kid has really shown up i am impressed this is an unbelievable route he's out here so i want you to go ahead and see what he does see how patient that is and then he flattens it that's next level Welcome back. Good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show on this snowy Tuesday. Taking over the airwaves for a little little while longer anyway. Uh, I got our guy Mike Clemens joining us on the hotline. So, Mike, uh, look, uh, big things going on right now in Green Bay. They're excited. Getting ready for this uh, run down to, to Big D, so to speak. And uh, the big thing, uh, I guess, for this team is uh, it's, I still go back to the way the offense is working right now. They can put up some points. And, uh, the Cowboys, their front is susceptible to the run. They've been running the football so much better, but the young guys are stepping up. You got, like you had mentioned, Dontavian Wicks and Jaden Reed, and you know you hope you get Dobbs back. And who knows, maybe they do get Christian Watson back before uh, or get getting back this week for this game. So I mean, things are trending in the right direction. You just wonder how much uh, playing in this type of atmosphere against this better team will affect them, and what kind of experience this is going to be for them. Because I, I think, yeah, Mike, you know, they don't know any better, so just go in and win a game. Yeah. I, well, that's it. They're running the offense. And if something that's going right, they're looking at themselves as players. They're not worried about that there's one guy who's getting 169 receptions and the rest of them got to split the rest of what's left. It's, it's, a, it's a lot more functional. Uh, I'll get to Aaron Rodgers later on. But anyway, <laughs> okay. on that play-by-play there, this catch from Dontavian Wicks, this is something that started a couple. Well, this is something we were seeing in the midseason when he was healthy. He's taken a lot of hard hits, and he gets knocked out for a couple of weeks. But the kid comes, keeps coming back with chest injuries, ankle injuries, and whatnot. 
And so Dontavian Wicks from a small town in Louisiana played a Virginia fifth round pick, but he and and he missed some time in camp, but he just keeps coming on. And then you know a couple of weeks ago when we had that Monday night crew with Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, and they were talking about Florida about watching tape on Wicks and saying, what about Wicks? It's like you watch him at the line and some of these adjustments he makes that first or second step to help out a route or you know to trick a defender or something. And LaFleur said, okay, don't go crazy with this, but he's got a little Devontae Adams in him. Just, just some of those little adjustments he makes. And so here, you know, you get this tight ball game the other night, 7-6, even though the Packers were moving the ball up and down the field, they had that Romeo Dobbs drop or the ball was mm-hmm. knocked away. By the way, Romeo went to the hospital after coughing up blood on the sidelines. He was on this exercise bike for a while. They took him to the locker room. They took him over to the hospital, more chest x-rays, whatever it was that happened to him. And he came back, and he was there for the post-game celebration. But, you know, he's very much day-to-day if he's going to be able to play. So Wicks lines up left, and he's making – and they're about 12 yards out. He makes this little skinny post, but he makes this adjustment underneath the safety, underneath the coverage there, just a little outside the route. But he anticipates where the ball's coming from, this fastball, this absolute rocket from Jordan Love, and makes that touchdown catch to you know put him up 14-6 there in the third quarter. So, you know, we talked to him about that. Um, we talked about how these, you know, you know why Aaron Jones is getting downfield because these young receivers are blocking for the dude. Mm-hmm. They're committed to blocking for Aaron Jones. So I asked him, what was the velocity? What was the miles per hour on that fastball that Jordan Love threw for that second touchdown? Man, hey, he he got it there. He, <laughs> yeah, he got it there. I guess he seen it open fast. All I just seen was his arm, and the ball was on me. So you know, he, he put it there. Had my stomach hurting a little bit, you know, but you know he made a play. You know, and that's that's our job to make plays for him. Did he throw balls like that this summer, or did it seem like it, the fastball picked up as the season went on? It's kind of like it was early in the season. We didn't have that chemistry, like I said. So he just had to get that feeling. Uh, as y'all see now, like last couple weeks, few weeks, you know, he been on his A game. He's just doing it in practice. Like, he been doing the same thing. Uh, so there's no difference. It's just he putting it on in the game now. And for two weeks in a row, upstairs when we're looking, we see Packers receivers just cutting through secondaries. There's yeah. two or three open guys. Nah, man. Uh, same thing. Same thing we've been doing. Just going out and executing. You know, us as a as a receiver group, we dwell on getting open, making blocks. You know, we emphasize making big big time blocks for like ball carriers like A. Jones. Um, shout out A. Jones, got a hundred yards today. But yeah, for like people like him to you know do what he do with the ball, and he, he is an explosive player. So you know, we got him in the backfield. Why not block for him? Mike, uh, you know, I know the question came up to Matt Lafleur about play calling duties. It, we're. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, go back to what Mark Murphy said at the beginning of the season, that we would see the Matt LaFleur offense. And there was a lot of questions about that throughout the season, especially when they were in kind of the funk that, well, is this what we've been waiting for? And it seems like now they're running it more free. They're more, more motion, more movement, all the things that doesn't, that doesn't bode well for Dallas. The Packers are now doing so much better and more frequently. This was a very clever question, I thought, from one of the writers, because, you know, you know what the storyline is going to be? It's 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 Matt Lafleur against Mike McCarthy, okay, and all that mm-hmm. stuff between the guys. And of course, the Packers beat McCarthy with Aaron Rodgers in overtime here last year. And McCarthy, well, I got to find that drop where 
McCarthy said, I'm 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 all humble pied out, remember? But right. you're going up against Mike McCarthy, who, you know, uh had a, you know, his play caller there, then he got rid of him. Now he's taken over and Dak Prescott is having his best season ever. By the way, McCarthy, I think with three years in a row, twelve wins, no coach including Tom Landry, twenty eight years there. Or Jimmy's no 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 Cowboys coach has had that much success. Mike McCarthy is at that level now. And LaFleur's going up against Dan Quinn, the guy who gave him that great opportunity with the Falcons that taught him a lot about being a head coach. Dan Quinn, with a Super Bowl ring as a defensive coordinator for that Legion of Boom up in Seattle, then took the Falcons almost to a Super Bowl win, except Tom Brady you know, had that incredible fourth-quarter comeback. These are the guys that LaFleur's going up against. He was asked, would you ever give up play-calling duties like McCarthy did in Dallas? Yeah, it, I think every situation is a little bit different. I mean, um, I got confidence that Adam Stenovich would do a great job. There's no doubt about it. Matter of fact, I would say that it's a pretty collective effort throughout the course of the game um, where we're all communicating with one another, whether it's Brable, whether it's John Dunn, whether it's Tom, Ben, whoever. Um, we're always you know, trying to brainstorm together and come up with whatever we think and if guys got an idea they they're not afraid to say it and um but yeah every every situation is a little bit different uh, for me i i kind of enjoy it so why not do it you know mike uh the other side of the coin defensively speaking has been with the way they played the last few weeks if they figured it out there there's more man coverage there's more blitzes there's more stunts there's more things that we're seeing that we've been screaming for and we haven't seen up until the last couple of games and I some Packers fans have trepidation about well have these last two games saved Joe Barry's job and I say no because if it takes you until week 15 to figure it out you don't deserve to be there anyway so I'm not worried about that but the defense has played better and looked better and and been better against the Vikings and against the the Bears I think the reason you lost to the Giants is because you were more worried about Saquon Barkley than the quarterback the reason you lost mm -hmm. to the Bucks is you're more worried about Mike Evans than rather about the quarterback Guess what? You focus on the quarterback against the Vikings and Bears, and you win the game. And Matt LaFleur was asked about, you know, has Joe Barry saved his job? Well, I think it's it's always week to week in this league. We know that. I mean, you're only as good as your last performance, and you got to make sure that you stay up on top of everything. And, um, you know, I, I do know this about – when we have all 11 doing their job and playing as one, there's been some pretty good performances. It's just when, whether it's communication or somebody has a misassignment, that's when bad things happen. And that's not just, that's universally. That's all of football, whether it's offense, defense, special teams. Um, so I, I think we've done a better job these last couple games, just you know having all the guys on the same page maybe mixing a few things up, playing a little bit more aggressive at times. Um, certainly we knew yesterday stopping the run was going to be a critical, uh, especially with their ability to – I think they do a pretty good job in the run game. Uh, and then you have to compound that with a quarterback that has the ability to run some of the zone read. And uh, it's, it's a really good challenge for our defense. But I thought our guys were committed to it, and they did a really nice job of just playing – doing their 111. I think coaching-wise, just from what I've witnessed, Mike also has just been better uh, from Matt LaFleur on down. 
Yeah, and then game management. Let's talk about that. Like there was that there was that questionable call on a catch, and they were playing it over and back and forth on the scoreboard. And so Lafleur was asked, "Was your guy up in the box, Connor Lewis, one of his assistants?" Does he saying don't challenge it? And because he was kind of going back and forth, and this was kind of funny from Lafleur last night. That was yeah. The, I don't think he had a, a clean look at it. Um, I went, you know, on the on the video board. I thought the ball hit the ground, but apparently I was wrong. Um, so I thought it was just worth the risk in that situation. So I do not regret that. I just um, I don't know what you guys think. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you were the one that said it too. I, I, I get it. Apparently, we were wrong. Thanks, guys. There you go. Uh, let's do this. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We got uh, one more segment yet to go. Stay right where you're at. We got more with Mike Clemens coming up on the Bill Michael. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. This is it, Aaron. Is it last time out there, last time here? What are you gonna miss? I'm gonna miss your questions, Bill. <laughs> and Mike Clemens taking 10 seconds to do a lead up. <laughs> and Pete angling for something. And Bob writing stories about my personal life. <laughs> and Jason bringing it back home with something that's kind of heavy hitting. Stephanie Sutton coming out of left field. Good question. I miss the guys. I miss the fans. Thank you. Welcome back. Uh, He he keeps making news, uh, whether it's that press conference or uh, today in the McAfee show or getting into it with Jimmy Kimmel, which apparently he's backed off of those statements now. But, man, uh, between uh, him and McAfee, they are going after ESPN executives and making headlines and craziness. Mike Clemens joining us on the hotline. Mike, I don't know if you caught the appearance today on McAfee, but I, I got to go back and look at it a little bit. But uh, they're ripping executives now. You got to wonder what's going on at ESPN. Uh, I got to wonder what's going on with Aaron. I mean, the, you know, the conspiracy theories thing was a fun thing over the years with them, but it just seems to be creeping into him. And a year ago today, he sat in Matt LaFleur's office after saying those words at that podium downstairs here at Lambeau Field. And we didn't commit to coming back to Green Bay. And then we know the rest of the story. The Packers then end up saying, okay, fine, you're not going to answer our phone calls? Go ahead, go ahead we'll trade you. We'll, and then his agent told the Packers, we want to go to the Jets. And here's what Aaron had to say yesterday after the losing season because of his torn Achilles. Uh, Alan Lazard, a healthy scratch in their last game on Sunday. Here's Aaron yesterday. Before the season, you would talk about how the young guys needed to learn from what happened at the end of 2022. What do you think, just as a team, you guys can learn from what happened this year, especially like the stuff of being in the spotlight, like these guys really hadn't been before at this level? Anything that doesn't have anything to do with winning needs to be assessed. So anything in the, in the, this building that we're doing individually or collectively that has nothing to do with real winning needs to be assessed. Everything that we do has to have a purpose too. When you step in the building, there's intentionality with everything that you do. And it's not a half the time thing. It's not a sometimes thing. It's not a most of the time thing. It's an every time thing. If you want to be a winning organization and to put yourself in position to win championships, 
and be competitive. Everything that you do matters. And the bull that has nothing to do with winning needs to get out of the building. So that'll be the focus uh, moving forward. Um, that's the focus of these conversations, I think. It's, it's important when you have an exit meetings to create an environment where there's no judgment. It's a free, free conversation. Guys should air out their differences. We know there'll be a percentage of that that's just pitching for no reason. That's part of it. But I think there's some, uh, some things that in every organization, and we did this for 18 years in Green Bay, the exit meetings are important to just get everything on the table that's happened, flush the bullshit that you need to move forward away from, and then refine your focus moving forward. All right. Well, there you have it. Mike, great stuff today. We'll talk again real soon, okay? Safe travels to lacrosse. All right, buddy. There you go. We got more to expound upon that statement uh, coming up tomorrow. We're heading to lacrosse. Lacrosse, here we come. Flipside Grill tomorrow night. Until then, have a good one. Hoop! Hoop!